This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Pajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Uh, With me is the usual, Carlos Fonseca. Jose Pabon, also Brad Wren, Jeff Walton are with us as well. Alan Pajari uh, could not make it to the, uh, this time. Uh, he was busy. Welcome, guys. Good evening. How's it going? Going good. Uh, we wanted to get a show out this week because there's so much going on in iRacing right now. Um, starting out with... We're going to talk to uh, teammate Jose Pabon about some of the changes he's made to his system. Uh, Jose, you've been uh, uh, showcased on the show before we went through your system, but you've made changes since that time. Uh, We wanted to take a moment and uh, let you talk about those. So uh, tell us what you got. Uh, Sure. Um, Well, I had a little problem with my G27 uh, pedals and uh, G27 steering wheel. Uh, decided to upgrade and decided to go with Fanatec. Uh, ended up buying the Fanatec wheel with the BMW rim along with the V3 pedals, um, which are excellent piece of equipment, by the way. Uh, pedals are very, very sturdy. Uh, everybody seems to know about the Fanatec wheel, so no reason for me to go into details with that. Along with that, I also ended up purchasing the GT Omega uh, triple monitor stand. Uh, the standalone, which works perfectly for the rig that I currently have. Um, I have it set up right now. Uh, might need a little bit of tweaking when it comes to the field of view, uh, but I did set up the field of view uh, the way it was supposed to, as um, told and advised to me. And it seems to have helped a little bit when it comes to the way I'm driving. Uh, still have to get very used to it. Uh, it's just like the pedals, I have to get used to them. They, they, they were a very big change uh, from the natural G27s. Okay, so let me ask a few questions here. Um, these Club Sport pedals, V3, these are not hydraulic or anything like that. These are what's called load cell? Uh, that is correct. They're load cells. Um, they also have uh, some sort of a uh, little vibration sensation to it. Uh, or feedback. Uh, correct. Um, so you have a sensation of when you're braking uh, and when you're accelerating, taking turns. You can like feel a little bounce on the tires per se. Uh, again, it, it gets, it, it takes time getting used to them. They, they are different uh, than what I'm was used to in the in the past. Um, so I'm still in the learning curve when it comes to these particular pedals and trying to adjust them to my liking. They're floor mount only. It looks like you just have them sitting on the floor, or are they mounted, or? Well, they're currently mounted to hard mounted. I do have them bolted onto my rig. I have an R seat um, rig, uh, so they're 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 hard mounted along with uh, all of my other accessories. Everything is actually hard mounted with screws, so they are they won't move anywhere. Good stuff there, and. Uh... I guess the, the the final question I had on this was, why did you pick this one, uh, the Fanatec uh, Pedals V3? 
you know, when you needed to replace that G27? Was it price? Was it function? Was it some combination of? I mean, did you look at uh, some of the higher end systems or, I mean, what were you looking at? Well, I, I definitely did a lot, a lot of investigative uh, looking into uh, when it came to equipment. Um, unfortunately, uh, when uh, I needed the, the complete set, steering wheel, pedal set, I just didn't find any other option unless I would go on Thrustmaster or G27, of course. Um, cost was a big issue. Um, I, I was not able to buy AccuForce because of the cost. Same thing with the pedals, um, which are hydraulic or high-performance pedal. Um, we're talking about a thousand plus dollars there, which at this time I just cannot afford, nor put my life in jeopardy uh, when it comes to my wife. Um, <laughs> of course. So I, I I decided, well, I'll try to make ends meet in the middle uh, by looking at Fanatec, and I've always admired uh, the equipment for Fanatec. Um, I took some time, it really took me about a year or so before I really decided to purchase this equipment. Um, I did have the, the money at the time to purchase it, and the expense was not as much as I thought. So I decided to um, go with this particular option, um, even though it was not hydraulic, and it was a step up from the G27. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so now the, the triple monitor stand, you already had triples. So what, where did, how did you have those displayed, you know, before you bought the stand? Well, the, the, the triple monitors were on a table, um, this plastic, I guess, although a heavy plastic table, um, which distanced itself from, the, from the, my seat um, about a good uh, 20 inches, 25, 30 inches away from me. Um, so the field of view was a little different. Um, when I bought the, the steering wheel um, and the, the, the pedals, um, I was also looking into the triple monitor stands, but unfortunately they were very expensive when it came to our seat. Um, I looked at also at a, a butto. Um, even though a butto was a little bit less expensive, I didn't feel that they were sturdy enough. It's not, um, by the way. Uh, and and because of that, I continued to search, and there was a couple of other places. First, Fast Track, I believe, was one of them that I looked at, which Fast was Track an open soon. option. Yes, correct. Um, that was an option that I was heavily looking into when I came across GT Omega by chance. Um, I just, for some reason, something made me look into their website, and lo and behold, there goes exactly what I was looking for. And not only that, uh, the fact of the matter that it was free shipping. Um, the free shipping, I think, is what made it uh, the deal for me. It was only $259, I believe, for the triple monitor stands, free shipping. If I would have gone with a Butto or RC, RC alone was $400 for the triple monitor stand, and that does not include shipping. Um, a Butto is the same. A Butto was uh, about 250 I believe it was, not shipping not included. Um, so it, when it came to cost uh, and quality, uh, not just to mention the cost, but the quality of the, of the product, uh, GT Omega was my better choice. Now, I'm looking at this picture and of the stand, and is it really truly freestanding? Like, it doesn't have to lean against the cockpit like mine does? That is correct. I can move my uh, cockpit away from the monitor stand, 
at any given time to make adjustments or grease up the pedals um, when they needed to be done um, or if I need to make addition to the cockpit itself uh, yeah they're, they're definitely and there's like I said they're very sturdy they do not tilt um, I can uh, extend the feet out I could, that's it's very adjustable I found it extremely adjustable right That's cool. So I really like the look of it. Thank you. So next up, let's start talking about the next topic here. Uh, the Peak Race uh, Antifreeze Series. Uh, they went to California. And uh, Ray Alfala takes the win. Uh, PJ Sturgios second. Kenny Humpy third. Alan Bowes fourth. And David Radler fifth. So uh, I didn't actually see the event, but I did see some of the highlights on Facebook and stuff, and it looked like a pretty good race. And uh, you know, Ray is still strong as ever. Yeah, it seems like all the all the regulars up there at the front. Normal names: Kenny Humpy, Ray Alfala, certainly. Yep, and uh, looking at points. Uh, it's much the same, actually. The top three. Uh, oh, hold on a minute. I'm looking at results, not points. There's the points. Uh, PJ Sturgio leads the points over Ray Alfala. Actually, they're tied. I'm not sure why they put PJ first, but anyway, they're tied with 169 points. Alan Bowes in third with 158. Jake Sturgios, 155 in fourth. Then Chris Overland, fifth. So uh, congrats to those guys. I guess it's time to start watching points. It's that time of the season. Uh, I agree. Uh, definitely have to watch those points and uh, hope, hope for the best for all of them. I mean, uh, we have had him, uh, them here, a couple of them at least, here before. Kenny Humphrey, uh, Tyler Hudson in the past uh, in our... Uh, broadcast and uh, we wish them the best of luck and hope a lot of success for them yep average finish for uh the point leader pj 3.3 man that's pretty darn good well, those guys don't mess around okay so next up uh, we usually go over the uh, 2016 iRacing world championship which is the uh, formula one stuff and um let's see who who uh, that one we got Yoni Tormala. I hope I or Joni Tormala. I hope I said that right. Won that race at Road America for the round four event. Mitchell DeJong second. Martin Cronke third. Gregor Hutu fourth. Oli Pakala fifth. Oli Pakala. Wow, Gregor Hutu fourth. That's a surprise to me. Usually I see his name on the top. He's usually first or second is usually how it rolls. So, yeah, I mean, he's really got some increased competition. And we talked about this a little last season with Mitchell DeJong, you know, having a lot of good runs in the top five. And he's uh, still proven to, to be, you know, someone to reckon with. Now, they're using the new, the new Formula One car, correct? They are. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of it used to when it comes to the all the new settings and adjustments with those cars. And so uh, let's look at the points. Uh, Martin Cronke is leading, 137. Five back Mitchell DeJong in third. Gregor Hutu, 
six back. So the points are really really tight here. Uh, and Hutu is not in the lead. So uh, if you can get up early enough uh, in the morning to watch these guys race live, uh, I'm sure it's a good race. Oh, yeah, I've gotten up. And, uh, yeah, they are amazing to watch. They're, they're excellent drivers. Yeah, so next up, let's go uh, through NIS, uh, the NASCAR iRacing series. Well, for Tifosi Racing, uh, we had pretty much mixed results. Um, Martinsville, let's go through. Uh, how'd you do, Brad? I had a pretty decent week. Um, open, uh, finished at 13, struggled with setup, and uh, just just never could have, you know, got the forward bite I needed out of the corners, but uh, survived. Ended up with a 13th and um, sitting actually in 10th position in the standings in Division Two, and then uh, had a bad Saturday in the fixed. Um, so decided to go ahead and run again on Sunday night and came away with a second place finish. Had a great race, uh, a lot of fun. Um, so fixed was was a good turnaround. Yeah, I mean second at Martinsville, man, that's like a win, I would say. Good nice run. Job. I mean, that was the best result out of the entire team. So, uh, congrats, uh, Brad. You're continuing to show you're you're one of the better drivers on the team. So, good job, uh, Jeff. Are you on? Did you? Uh, how'd you do? I wasn't able to run the open. Um, so it's two weeks in a row I haven't ran open. Um, I got to run fixed once, and I believe I finished tenth uh, or twelfth. Tenth. And you're showing 12th in the standings there and fixed. Uh, so, hey, I mean, you run once, you get a top 10. Good job. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Carlos, how did you run? Mediocre, but I uh, got myself an undeserving fifth place finish in the fix, and I'll take it. But You stole it, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Just waiting for everyone else to wreck and kind of held on. Really, all you could do at Martinsville is just hold on to your position. Don't let anyone buy and. Well, probably leave there with a lot of enemies. Hey, Open, though. You, I forgot to run it. You forgot to run it, or you just stayed away? I was, you know, I thought about, you know, the whole thing, but I really didn't have any time, and so kind of kind of skipped it, but I kind of wanted to run, but I forgot. By the time I thought about it, it was too late. Right. Uh, okay, who else do we got in here? Okay, just me. Let's see. I got an 18th in the Open. And 17th in the fixed. And just another bad week. Uh, I had a top 10 going in one of those races, actually. And got DQ'd for too many incidents. Oh, yeah, points. you were in that race with me. Right. And that's where you got the fifth, right? Yep. Yeah, I was running right with you the whole race. Carlos and I were... I was chasing Carlos around that track the whole night. But uh, I was going to have a top 10 with Carlos. And then I had an incident and uh, one too many. Yep. Wasn't that also, Mike, didn't you have like five to go when that happened? Yeah, it was like, yeah, no, I think it was ten to go, or within ten to go. Yeah, it was near the end. One of the final restarts, and uh, I think it was Dusty Rhodes, actually, uh, who came, you know, one of those crazy dive bombs on the inside and kind of pushed you up out of the way, and that little touch of the car, even though it was a gentle touch, it was, you know, it was still an incident, and it's, it was one too many. I don't know, Dusty Rhodes, I hate to say it, but he was driving like a jackass that night. <laughs> well, I got a down. piece of it. 
Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, how was the racing at Martinsville? Were there a lot of jackasses? I mean, that's usually kind of the theme. Well, I mean, I, uh, there's going to be dive bombing, and, and in reality, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time looking in the mirror, and I just let guys go. You know, I would defend a little bit, but at lap 60 or lap 80 out of 250, there's just no point. Go on, you can go on up and run your race and wreck somebody else. And you know, the guys that were super aggressive, I let them go ahead of me, and I just used them to get past the cars in front of me. Let them open up the hole and just follow them through. Yeah, and you, when you mean open up the hole, that means somebody has to slide up into the outer groove, and that's really hanging them out to dry at Martinsville. I mean, once you get up there, and we really saw this on restarts, Brad, you were lamenting every time you had an even starting number uh, because you had to start on the outside. Yeah, it's just tough. I mean, when you're trying to stay up there in the top five and you got to restart on the outside, I mean, you just got to be super aggressive. And uh, you hate to chop someone's nose, but that's what you got to do, especially when you get down towards the end of the race. And you can't stay on the outside. Um, you know, it's no different than the real race. If you watch the cup race on Sunday, um, you know, the guys get hung on the outside. They drop 10 or 15 positions. You just can't get back in. It's just a freight train coming. Yep. Yeah, dur during that NASCAR race, you'd see those guys uh, coming off pit road trying to manipulate, you know, what position they came off the pit road on. Uh, I didn't really see that in our races. Did you guys see any of that? Well, every time I thought about it, it was too late. Yeah, the problem is you just don't know what everybody else is doing. You know, you have one guy that stays out, and you think you've nailed it, and now you're going to sit on, you know, on the outside. So we don't have the, the luxury of somebody up in a up on a tower counting cars for us. But man, if we did, like if we had a spotter on our team and they were on the ball, you know, and it was able to give us that kind of information, boy, I think it would be an advantage. Oh, certainly. Only thing I didn't like about Martinsville was that whole outside lane deal forced you to just be really aggressive of cutting people off to get to the bottom. Yeah, it's just the nature of it. I mean, I love racing at Martinsville. That's probably one of my favorite tracks. I, I love racing there. It's, you know, you got to be aggressive. But at the same time, you know, you've got to be patient also. So it's got to be a good mix. You got to decide when you want to go and when you're not going to go. Like I said early on, I just let them go. You know, I don't mind running. I run my own pace, stay right to stay, and it was fine. I, I personally was surprised uh, at the outcome of uh, Martinsville races this weekend or this week, um, especially considering the way it went on Monday for our league race, which uh, was not very nice at all. Um, the rest of the, the week in Martinsville was actually uh, fun, in my opinion. Well, I got wrecked out a few times, so I don't know if I'd call it fun. but. <laughs> Uh, let's mention some of the other finishes by other team members that are, are not here. Brad Miller got a uh, ninth in the open, 16th in the fix. Uh, Brian Cozier, uh, he got a, a ninth in the fix, didn't run open. Uh, Jonas Hankins got a top five in fixed. Good job, Jonas. 21st in open. And Matt Boley, 21st in, fin in open and 29th in fixed. Ouch. Bad yeah, I, I know Matt only has the opportunity to run, you know, each series only once, so it's kind of a one and done for him. Yeah, and if he gets wrecked out, that's his only recourse. So, uh, yeah, bummer for Matt, but we were pulling for him, and uh, he just had a rough week. That's a big challenge to do it one and, one and out. 
I know. I think, you know, the rest of us that are running the three or four times a week, I know Jose and I mostly are, uh, are getting extra shots at it. You know, you get wrecked out, I'll come back tomorrow, you know, come back in two days. Yeah, I mean, my intent is to run one and done, but there's also the luxury that if something does happen in the first race, I can run again. So, Brad, if you get a top five or something, you're usually one and done? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to risk it. Yep, same here. The same I, I, mean. I don't. I run two and two, two open and two fixed, or I try to most of the time to run two and two. See, I'm thinking, though, if I'm running good and I get a top five, man, I want to try again and try to get a win. That's what I'm thinking. Well, wait for Daytona. Well, yeah, well, see, that's what I do. Yeah, and it, it depends, too. If, if I'm running, you know, really, really good as opposed to, you know, just happen to luck into a top five, that's a different story. Yeah, but... If I've gotten away in Martinsville with a top five, I'm done. Yeah, I might run two for Texas this week. Let's talk about Texas. Uh, that's coming up here, and we start the uh, open race tomorrow. So uh, what do you guys expect? I know some of, uh, most of you guys ran last night in the league race. Uh, how was this, the fix set? It was good in that weather we had, but it's going to be absolutely miserable for open or regular uh, default weather and default time of day. Yeah, that's a little bit of testing that day over the weekend. I can agree with that. Is it tight or loose? It's what just, do you mean? It's really loose when you get in to the corner, especially if you just throw it in there, you're just going to wreck it. There's no no chance in hell you're going to come out of that alive. And middle seems to be tight, and then it gets loose again at the way exit. Yeah, I mean, entry, you can kind of control, you know, once you get in, actually getting back on the gas will settle the car down some, but the problem's getting off, and that's where I was struggling with, was getting off a of two without wrecking. Yep. Now, I saw some of the highlights of that race last night, and it looked like uh, a big wreck off two took out like 10 cars. I mean, uh, oh, wow, boy, that track huge. really blocks up, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, I don't think this Monday was any different than Martinsville. It's just aggressive drivers. You know, it's a league with, with very good drivers. It's just everybody's very aggressive. Right. I don't know. All I know is I had fun. I, you know, I'm thinking in the NIS, maybe people are less aggressive, do you think, because points are on the line and that kind of thing? Well, I, th- I think there's a lot, a lot of things that are different when it comes to the league race compared to NIS. A good example, first of all, is NIS, you tend to either gain points, lose points in your I rating and safety rating. Not so in the league race. So per, a person will tend to drive a little bit more aggressively. Yeah, they drive differently. The That's race. what I was saying. Yes. Not only that, you also have two professional or pro drivers in our league, uh, Tom well. Hudson and Andrew Fayash. Um, there's a lot of guys out there that want to prove themselves and claim that yeah i can run with the big boys you know so they'll they'll drive over their heads sometimes and uh get involved well, and get in yeah you're, you're saying there's a wide range of i rating oh know, yeah in the league obviously but in nis you're actually racing with people of your own i rating yeah i don't run near as hard in nis as i do in the integrity league just because of who i'm racing with right exactly well, Texas should be fun. Uh, we'll see how we do there. I, I expect to do better than Martinsville, personally, so um, yep. we'll see. But I expect to be caught up in a big wreck off of two, too. I mean, you almost can bank on that, too. 
Uh, well, I wish the the setup yesterday was the same as what we would be running in the NIS. Unfortunately, he used a different time and different temperature. So to get a feel of how Texas is going to be this week is going to be really a, a challenge. Well, if it's anything like yesterday, uh, yeah, it was, it was somewhat loose getting in at the start. But once they ever got a run, he got so tight. It seriously felt like the right front was just gone, like it wasn't even there. Yep. So hopefully that shows up in NIS. Yep, and uh, let's let's move on to the next topic here. Uh, we've had patch one for season two, as they call it, uh, released, and that was uh, March thirty, and this was to fix all the issues from the release of DX11 and the last major release. So this is kind of a patch to fix bugs. And uh, there's quite a few things in here, so we're going to try to hit on some of the highlights. Now the first thing I'm going to do is just, I'm going to read a, a couple sentences here of basically the intro of the uh, release notes, and it kind of describes what this patch is about. Several quality improvements have been made with this patch to enhance your experience on iRacing, including frame rate improvements and various bug fixes. That said, there is still a known issue that a small number of our testers have with this patch. The iRacing application can freeze when the particle detail setting is at the medium or high value. Therefore, the sim will automatically set your particle detail setting to the low value when it first launches. Feel free to adjust this if you wish, as these freezes are fairly rare and seem to affect only a small percentage of systems. If you do increase the particle detail setting and then experience app freezes, it may be due to the setting. Um, so there, there's still issues even though they've released this patch that they just acknowledged. Um, and it has to do with that particle thing and you need to make sure to set that to low. Yeah, I think there's, I read on the forums, I think there's actually some issues with the popcorn effects that they're having to try to work through. Right. Um, and let's go down through the list here of some of these other changes. Uh, the website, they fixed an issue where the popular races was not loading. Um, and a lot of users uh, had expressed a problem with that when the release first came out. I'm not sure if I've actually ever used that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how I join races either, but apparently a lot of people do because I remember reading all the, uh, the forum posts about it. So, uh, Netcode. They uh, prevent the sim from dynamically probing your network connection to see how large a packet it can send. And then they changed the default maximum network packet size. So remember they added the 768 and 1 megabit uh, selectors in your account settings on the website, depending on how big a internet pipe you have. And so what they did is they changed the default of that. Um, so again, you might want to go and look at that and make sure it's set where you want it to be. Yeah, the, the higher you set it, the more information the sim's going to transfer back and forth. And if you don't have the, the connection to, to, to sustain it, you're going to end up with quality issues. 
Right. And we were talking to Jose earlier about this, right? Jose, you were thinking maybe this might be part of your problem. You had a couple of blinking out issues. Yes, yesterday I had uh, uh, the L bar on my uh, was red, and all the cars were jumping all over the place, and I had all, they were all blinking. Um, I also been in several endurance endurance races where uh, once I get into the race, it gets uh, very choppy, and uh, I lose a lot of frame rates. Uh, this has been happening to me since the recent update, um, and I had questioned this particular um, scenario in regards to that. Uh, subject that you're talking about right now. I, right now, I just lowered it to 512 myself to see if it'll help me in the near future. Uh, of course, that's some testing that has to be done, and I'm not sure if it is the cause of my problem. The one thing I would say is keep in mind, too, when, like last night, the integrity race, an official race, and we're not running with 43 cars, and we had 43 cars in there, so that's a lot of load on the server, you know, outside of what we normally see with official racing with about 32 cars. Yeah, you're correct, and and in the endurance race is the same scenario, being that it's 53 cars, I believe it was Carlos that we ran uh, in the last one. Yep. Um, and not only 53 cars, but you also have at least uh, a minimum of one member per car, possibly two to three. So to on the server itself, it's probably international too. Exactly, and and that means you're dealing with probably over a hundred people in that one server, uh, either watching or racing in the Endora. So it could be, the, again, a part of the problem, but uh, I want to resolve it. Uh, I definitely want to resolve that issue, and uh, I'll try anything right now. Well, it's a work in progress, as you'll see here. Uh, the next thing they, they really kind of addressed here was about 15 different bug fixes with DX11. I'm not going to read those off, but... Basically, there were a lot of issues reported, and it looks like they addressed a lot of those. Uh, the same thing with popcorn effects. Uh, there were some changes made there where the default setting goes to low. Um, dynamic tire debris accumulation. There was an issue with that, um, and apparently they, they've made some adjustments there. I think what people need to remember, too, is this first release of DX11 was a beta. Um, seemed to be a lot of upset people on the forums. And, you know, it's the first time it's been released. There's going to be patches. It's not, you know, it, it's not the final product. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of changes here. So uh, some fixes to weather, easy anti-cheat, video capture is now disabled by, by default. Um, and, and they've made a couple changes there. But most most of this, just to let you know, Mike, uh, is a rewrite of the initial uh, implementation of uh, after the the, the season two, uh, one. Um, so this is uh, the whole update. Um, just they just added whatever they did yeah, in, in the patch. Bug fixes, right? Yeah. Exactly. But the rest of it is basically what they have already had in there. Now, one thing, uh, the last thing I'm going to point out here that caught my eye when you look down at the individual tracks and cars, and they always have little bug fixes usually for all of them. Uh, most of them got terrain art updates, as they call it. Um, but one of them that caught my eye and that I actually got to try this week was the NASCAR Sprint Cup Chevrolet Impala Car of Tomorrow circa 2013. This old cup car they've removed the restrictor plate engine package and added the
the ability to change the gear to a 2.90 at super speedway tracks. So what this has done is created a scenario where you can race the old cup car without restrictor plates on a restrictor plate track. And I tell you what, the other night I ran a Nordgar uh, league race, actually it was a hosted race by Nordgar, and had a huge fun time with that. And we were wrecking all the time be until everyone kind of figured it out. But what happens is you get up to speed and after the second lap, if you're not lifting going into the corner, you will hit the wall guaranteed and so every time we got to the second lap after a restart a handful of people would wreck well eventually we you know, all the you know bad drivers we got weeded out and 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 we got down to people understood that they needed a lift and we actually had a few laps of racing and it was the most fun i've had in a long time going to talladega you're going down the the, fr the front stretch or the back stretch you're hitting 240 in, in the draft you're having to get completely out of the gas, getting into the, into one or three, and it's all about you know who can put 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 them up on the dash and just let them hang out. And it was so much fun. There was these huge drafts, and and I actually won the race, and I think that was part of why I had so much fun. But I everyone's got to try it. And yet we're struggling to make 200 miles an hour going into a corner and holding it with a Gen Six. At least yeah, I thought it was. I, it's it's really fun. I I mean, we need to set up a hosted session and go try it again. And I saw some other feedback uh, on Twitter from another iRacer that said, "Let's have a league that's just Talladega," or no, they said a league that's just Monza Oval with this uh, car of tomorrow, and uh, they would be happy forever. But I agree, it was a it was a blast. I ran a uh, hosted session with Ryan. Uh, with the same car with a fixed Daytona set, you had to lift coming out of two, or you were gonna smack the wall. Oh, there yeah. was no other way. It was single lane. You were just stuck unless when you went through the turns, you didn't dare go up in the middle or high side. You were done. And it's not it's not plate racing like you know. It's not pack racing anymore when it's like that. It's more like a real racetrack, you know, because there's lifting going on. There's no pack racing at all. No, I mean, it's back in your hand. You're back controlling the car again instead of just following a line. And they put it, like I said, they just put it back in your hand. And it is such a blast to hit 250 in the car and just throw it in the corner and you just hope it holds. You just float it down in there, you know. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a, really fun. Glad to see you tried it. All right, let's keep moving on. Uh Let's talk about what happened post this patch. Um, a bunch of people right off the bat jumped in the first day and said, I have DSD, Derek Spears pedals, and they do not work anymore. So everyone who has uh, any kind of electronics that include Derek Spears electronics, which are not only the Derek Spears pedals, but I believe the pedals made by Emery, uh, none of those worked after the update. Um, so that was a problem. Yeah, it just ended up being, I think they actually made a change to the INI file about something to something with the, David Tucker chimed in and uh, 
one quick change of a I think a one to a zero and everybody was good. Yeah, Actually, there is I, a setting, right? Yeah, I changed change. mine. I changed mine before I even launched the sim after the update because I saw it. Right. So there is a workaround. You can look that up. So that was one thing that happened. Uh, there were some other graphical bugs on the DX11 side, and it, and I'm personally still on DX9. Mainly because I don't want to. I've seen in the forums some of the challenges people have, and it's not everybody, but the people that are having the challenges are on the DX11 side. So, uh, one guy posted a video where the pit wall was disappearing on him as he drove by it, and it would visually disappear. And um, so, there were just little things like that. Uh, there's also a thing where if you have a uh, your Windows screensaver enabled, a certain way it messes up brad this happened to you right yeah when the the season when the build came out and trying dx11 if you have your you know your windows set up and i'm on still on windows 7 but if uh you require the login um after coming back you know from screensaver uh that would kick you out of the game so that, that was happening to me and a little bit of search on the forum, and I can, you know, just change the settings. Uh, me personally, I've gone to DX11 since this patch last week, and uh, it's been great. Um, I've not had any issues. Um, I have not, as far as race-wise, I've left the particle setting on low. I, I tried it on medium in practice sessions and haven't had any issues at all. But, uh, you know, before I could run DX11, the patch uh, before last week, and uh, now it's it's been great. So I'm going to keep trying it and see what happens. Right. Uh, we had other people uh, report, such as Kevin King, who is, uh, used to be one of the pros or is a pro out there. Uh, he noticed uh, his triples were going black in the middle of a race. Uh, that's pretty bad. Uh, one of the iRacing staff members, Dave Goslin, piped in. He said, uh, we believe this is related to notification message windows causing the sim to think it has lost focus. We are working on a fix for this. But in the meantime, we recommend running in full-screen borderless window mode. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought that there was. I thought that was being addressed already. I thought that was was addressed in the patch. But uh, you know, the, it's been a mix, like you said. Um, you know, whether you're running Nvidia, you're running AMD. As far as graphics cards, it's it's hit and miss, and it's like anything else. You can test it whatever you want to test in an environment, and as soon as you put it out to five thousand members, it's all. Oh, it's you know, there's no telling what every system has. So you're saying earlier about the whole some someone said there was a pit wall missing. Yeah. Was that at Spa? Because I had the same issue on Sunday. Yeah, at Spa. Yeah. As he drove through pit road, the left pit wall would kind of disappear and reappear. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I saw it there, but I kind of ignored it. But that's not the only place I noticed something weird. I went to Road America and in the carousel, like where grass should be in the hills and trees area, it's just missing textures. There's nothing there. That's interesting because yeah. I, I was experiencing the same thing in Spa with that wall. I also experienced the same with the black screen when I'm either watching somebody um, or just watching my car in the, in the pit stall. It goes to a black screen. Every single issue that you have mentioned so far, I've been experienced somehow, and it's because of DX11, I guess. Yeah, I think if you put it on 9, you wouldn't have any of the, see any of those things. 
Yeah, and I'll reiterate what I said before. Everybody needs to remember that this is this is beta, so this is you know the they're still trying to get all the bugs fixed. Right. It's alpha, but it's really beta. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm thinking about going back to DX9 for the fact is like kind of using too much GPU. I need to go back well, to using more processor. I think my thing is every time I race, I'm racing NIS for points, and I just don't yeah. want to risk. You know, I, I've already had. Uh, problems when I first tried the DX11 where the screen would die and I would get crash and it would ruin my entire race so I just try to stay away from it until they fix some of these things but uh, like you said there are people that are actually having good results with it so it's not everybody yeah there's still far that only issue I had was just you know that little pit road incident and uh, you know textures missing but that's all I've ever had problems with well, and like I said, you know, I think Mike, you and I have pretty comparable GPUs. Um, there's not much difference between them, and you know, probably our systems aren't a whole lot different either. And right. like I said, you know, I'm not having any issues. So. Yep. So they're working on it. Uh, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, we said we brought this up the last couple episodes, but we'll continue to until it happens. And that's April 27th through the 29th, Dallas, Texas, the iRace for Life seminar. Uh, so check that out if you're able to. Uh, it sure looks like fun. I need to find the time and resources to be able to go. I'd love to get involved in something like this. Yeah, I would too. I, my wife and I talked about it last year that she'd love for me to be able to go, which is trying to figure out how to do it. Being on the East Coast, get to Texas, that's a, that's a big haul. Yeah, I agree. Hotel rooms and travel. And... But, uh, yeah, I mean, looks like fun. If if you're in the uh, Texas area, boy, it's a no-brainer. I would be going for sure. Yeah, and the great thing is they, they do video a lot of the stuff, and that'll go back up when it's all said and done. So if you if you can't go, there's the opportunity to be able to watch, you know, the videos to, to pick up on a lot of what happened. Oh, yeah, and yeah. and I like watching those, too. For the last uh, two or three years, uh, I've always watched their replays on uh, uh, some of the videos that they show. David Cater, in particular, uh, with his iRacing setups, um, which are very informative, uh, along with other guys and using some of the apps that they have developed throughout the years. It's very interesting. But I think it would be fun to go out and hang out with a bunch of iRacing nerds. All right, so let's move on. Uh, today is April 5th. Uh, we just got by April Fool's Day, and on April Fool's Day, uh, as iRacing usually does, they try to fool us. Um, and so, what you know, I'm going to kind of go in chronological order here. But on April Fool's Day, they basically announced they they put up a picture and they put up the hashtag "Dirt Confirmed" on Facebook and on Twitter, and that's it. No explanation, just a hashtag. Yeah, and I laughed. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like, yeah, this is the normal, you know, come on, guys, come up with something original. Didn't they do that last year? Uh, last year was the iRacing Mobile. Oh, that's right, iRacing Mobile. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. that. That sent the forms into pure panic mode. Oh, that's right. how everyone felt when they opened up Steam to iRacing. <laughs> and then Steve Myers, who's a, an employee at iRacing, he was Twittering some stuff as well. Uh, including um, on April 1st a link to a YouTube video um, that basically 
showed a you know a video from iRacing uh, about building dirt racing, dirt tracks, dirt cars. Again, released April first. You know, and we're just thinking, oh, they just made a video to go along with it, kind of thing. Yeah, and when you watch the video, it's I mean, there there are parts of it that it's just it's comical, and I'm like. You know, this is like completely pieced together. You know, ha 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 ha. Yep, like the like the guy tasting the dirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, so hey, in the it video, it 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 shows a picture of Clint Boyer's dirt late model team, which happens to be sponsored by Peak Antifreeze or Peak, uh, who also uh, sponsors the Peak series. So anyway. Then it so on Twitter now people are asking Clint Boyer, the NASCAR superstar, "Hey, is iRacing doing dirt? Are you involved in this?" And he twitters back, "Yes!" Exclamation point. So Clint, you know, gets involved, but again, it's still April first. So, and we all know Clint Boyer is a joker. So we, you know, nobody still believes anything here. It's April first. It's Fool April Fool's Day. So then, you know, that's it. We don't hear anything. Everyone kind of talked about it and you know forgot about it. Three days later, you know, we we start hearing uh, some more stuff, and all of a sudden, uh, Myers tweets out a. CAD scan or an iRacing scan of a rally dirt car, a Ford dirt car. Well, don't, don't forget, Mike, not only that, iRacing put out a Dirt Confirmed a day or two after April 1st on the website. It was the first article that they had even before they announced the car that they're developing as well. Well, yeah, so technically they announced Dirt on the 1st, but nobody believed it. That's That's what I'm trying to say. And then on the 4th, which was yesterday, all this stuff came out, okay? So so the first thing that came out on the 4th was it was Myers released a CAD scan of this rally dirt car. And so that really got people's attention. Then the iRacing released in short order after that on Facebook a video of a rally cross jumping at a dirt test track in the iRacing sim. A short five second video of it. I think it was actually the rough that was jumping. It's so small it's hard to see. Oh, it's like a, oh, it's a rough car, right, on a dirt track, right? Yeah. And and so on. And and so then we got a, a tweet of a model of, a clay model of a dirt car. And then finally, we got some real-world news where all of a sudden we get press releases from you know actual NASCAR media that iRacing has contracted with Eldora Speedway uh, to scan and build Eldora into iRacing. That's going to be so much fun. Oh yeah. I mean, and hats off to iRacing for letting this go on April 1st and fooling <laughs> everybody. Well, they, I think, Brad, you said uh, they know their audience, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, they, they played us like a 
up like, like a, a bunch fiddle. Of, yeah, I mean well, it was they, they played into everything that anybody could have done. You know, I mean a lot of just from a marketing side point, genius. But also, let's not forget there is the secondary announcement that was also made in the forums, and it has to do with I rating and safety rating. Well, I believe it was I rating in, in in regards to making them for each individual car. I'm sec- I'm actually seeing a posting here by by Tony Gardner. Uh, and this is what he said. Current thinking is to add a dirt road and a dirt oval license SR. Additionally, looking into options in regards to the way incident might work for dirt and making some adjustments for these series and licenses. So they're thinking of also separating your I rating and maybe safety rating into individual cars with an I well, I don't read that as individual cars. I read that as you have an oval IR and SR. You have a road IR and SR. But those are all pavement, and now you're going to have a dirt IR and SR. Yeah, I mean, I personally would love to have an indiv- indiv- I rating by by individual car, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Yeah, but no. they, they did post that on April first. I don't know if that was part of their April Fool's joke or if this well, is also coming into fruition. There was a forum post by a member that kind of started it, but I think what I read through that, I think it kind of got shot down as not being completely accurate. Again, me personally, I'd love to have it. I'd love to be able to go run cars that I, so I don't give up my high rating for NIS. I agree. Yeah, we'll see. It, it's certainly a discussion that's that's kind of I wouldn't I don't know if it's an open discussion, but people are talking about it. If they were going to make a change, that this would be a good time to do it. Uh, yeah, you, you've got to do something. If you're going to bring dirt into it, you have to go ahead and do a separate class because they're going to have to do the incidents different. There's no way you can go into the same SR safety rating the way it is structured, you know, on the asphalt side. There's just no way. Right. Well, I, I said the same thing when, when endurance racing started as well, that they should have implemented a way for a person to gain some sort of I rating within the endurance racing. Uh, we do gain and lose safety rating. Uh, why not I rating? Right. That is a broken system. There should have been uh, a separate kind of endurance or a team IR or something. Exactly. And then who knows? They might be leaning to it sometime in the near future. It's 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 up for discussion, and there is a thought involved with it. And it seems like I racing does listen uh, to the public. As you can see, when it comes to uh, dirt confirmed. Yeah. So uh, let me finish up with Eldora. I, I have a couple quotes I'm going to read. Uh, Speedway sense. promoter and general manager of Eldora Speedway, Roger Slack, said, "We're ecstatic to partner with iRacing in bringing dirt track racing to sim racers around the world. Eldora has a history of first that have produced the biggest and best events in dirt track racing. So it's fitting that the world's greatest dirt track will be available on the world's greatest sim racing service. So uh, not uh, nice uh, words from Roger there. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's to, to get Eldora, that's huge. I mean, that completes the full NASCAR schedule. And uh, one more quote here uh, in the article from Kyle Larson. Uh, Sprint Cup superstar. He said, This is great news. iRacing adding dirt racing and Eldora is really exciting. I've had some fantastic races at the Big E and can't wait to go there virtually. 
As a longtime member of iRacing, I've offered my help as they develop dirt, so I'm looking forward to contributing to the project. He is one person that I would like to see in iRacing when they put out dirt racing. I've seen them, um, of course, uh, in Eldora uh, last season, and he has an amazing talent there. I, I can just see it now uh, coming into the virtual world and, and doing the same thing he does in the real world. Well, I think he's saying here he's actually telling iRacing, hey, I want to help you know, figure, help you figure this out so, and get involved. I think that's great. I agree. I almost feel like now, if you don't have triple monitors when it comes to dirt, you're going to need them. Because you're going to be looking out the right side window? Exactly. I wonder how that's going to work. Is your head going to turn, or is it going to be you turn to the right? I hope not. I mean, it's doable with one screen. Yeah, they got to they got to design it where one screen works because most people are still on one screen. We got to remember that. No, it drives me nuts when like the camera automatically turns itself. I would rather do it myself, but you know, have a setting for it at least. You know, for like you know, most racing sims have a look to apex feature where it does. You know, your head turns in game. Yeah. And something like that would be probably, you know, workable there. Well, you can pretty much hear where the cars are and try to guess where they're at from there, but it's going to be a lot of beating and banging and a lot of angry people. <laughs> well, remember, I have on the motion cockpit view thing where your head oh, turns yeah. and, and whatnot, and I was kind of thinking, well, how is this going to work in the dirt race? I think that I, that's... Isn't that... Um as far as however many degrees as far as you get past a certain point before it turns yeah, yeah it'll it'll just tweak a little bit and if you get past a certain point then it'll go jump a lot yeah, i don't know how you i, I can't do that that's oh yeah my, i got used to it and now i can't race without it so yeah mine's very minimal i deactivated yeah. mine a day after i think now would be a good time for them to come out with virtual reality headsets that are put affordable this, well, I mean, you know, put the computer screen right in front of your eyes. You look to look at your mirror. Guess what? You're looking at your mirror. You need to look at your side. You turn your head. You see. I think that'd be kind of neat to do too. Well, problem I got with that is I got a nice shit there. I got a button box. Got all that stuff I want to use. I can't see that if I've got <laughs> got something on my face. Good point. Yep. I, agree. I know. Because what is the yeah, like six hundred bucks? That's more than that, I think. I don't know. I, I have no desire to, to, to go to the Rift or anything like that. The only thing I will say, you know, I, I know the entire iRacing universe is super excited. All I can say to temper it is I would not expect it this year. I know they said it no. this year, oh, but yeah. they I said soon not. It's a lie. Soon, soon, soon. <laughs> exactly. It's iRacing soon. Everyone knows what that means. Didn't they say soon about Le Mans? I don't see that track yet. Well, we're approaching June pretty darn fast, so... I, I would expect the Mars before they're... Yeah, they're trying to get it out before the race this year, so... Yes. Absolutely. Uh, okay, let's keep going. Eldora, obviously, is added to the list. Um, thank you, Tony Stewart and Roger Slack, for working with iRacing on that. Uh, we do appreciate that. Uh, Tony Gardner did pipe up in the forums after that about what are we doing with other dirt tracks. He said, we will very likely create dirt configs on some existing ovals since we are not going to have numerous dirt tracks done soon. 
additionally, in doing that, there will be more value to the members since if you already own, say, for example, Bristol, you will not have to buy it again to race on dirt on Bristol. We obviously need to keep doing other tracks and want to go back and polish up old tracks as well. They need to freaking fill Martinsville with dirt. Exactly. So well, that's what they're going to do. They're going to take you know, Bristol, Martinsville, wherever, and they're going to put dirt on it. It's going to be epic. My my only thing with that is, personally, if if you I like the realism part. So if I know they've talked, you know, Bristol has been turned into a dirt track. I don't believe Martinsville ever has, since it was a dirt track at one point. I, I, to me, the realism thing is, I don't want to run a dirt Charlotte. I have no desire to do that. Oh yeah. No, but where it makes sense, like Irwindale or IRP or the smaller ovals, right? I guess I, I don't know. I, I, you know, we talked about this on on Messenger the other day. I, I'm not a big dirt guy. I've been an asphalt guy my whole life, but I'm sure it's going to be fun. But I, this to me just it didn't excite me. But that's just me. Right. Yeah, I would much rather have a Knoxville instead of a Eldora. But you know, that's just my opinion. Now, Steve Myers was taking recommendations in the form of which dirt track should be added to the list, and a lot of people piped up. In fact, there's 11 pages on that thread alone. Uh, Knoxville is probably in every entry. Uh, one thing he noted, though, on, on the list that people were sending him, the pit road needs to be within the track inside the oval yeah for those a lot of dirt tracks out there even the one that's local to me you don't pit inside the oval you pit outside the oval yeah and anyway steve myers was saying that's not going to work out technically so uh if if it pits outside the oval that's not going to work now that probably eliminates a lot of the smaller right tracks that are around the country and I don't know if that's forever or it's just for now or what, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, I will say, you know, outside of oval racing, I think this does open up a huge market, you know, because I think it's, you know, rallying and stuff like that. And now there, I know there's the autocross stuff or stuff now where you've got, you know, like what they, the car they scan. I know that's getting very big, so that's going to definitely open up a huge market. Now, being that it's a dirt, you're sliding around. You know, a lot of a drifting community too might want to come over here and see if they can handle a dirt car right i, I yeah. wonder if they'll in the future implement motorcycle racing or dirt racing yeah, with the motorcycle. motorcycles i mean there's really nothing out there that can simulate an actual ride of a motorcycle you know yeah that's true well so next what happened was i was surprised to see late yesterday it was uh, trending on Facebook as one of the top three trending items was iRacing is going to dirt. And that was kind of surprising to me. Were you guys, uh, did you guys see that? Uh, no, it was a surprise to me. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't Facebook to some degree kind of look at, uh, isn't that kind of based on what you look at to? I don't know. I don't know if that's trending for everybody or just my trends or what. Uh, good question. But it was trending on Facebook. Uh, the other thing, uh, the other thing I noticed, uh, FoxSports.com actually covered it too, uh, in their NASCAR coverage. Uh, so if you go to FoxSports website, you'll see a story on it. So on the Eldora 
Um, and a lot of the major NASCAR media picked up the Eldora uh, dirt track signing with iRacing story. And so we got a lot of exposure from that. So, uh, yeah, it's a big story. Uh, the final thing that happened, I believe, this morning, uh, iRacing uh, emailed everybody they know. I got an email. If you have an account with iRacing, you probably got one, too. But uh, they, if in, just in case you live in a cave and you didn't hear about it, uh, they emailed it in, to you as well. So I actually forwarded that to my wife uh, so she could see I wasn't actually crazy when I was walking around the house yelling, Dirt Confirmed! She's anything like my wife. She probably still thinks you're crazy. <laughs> so, so she put the suit away? Yeah, I don't know. I was, you know, the, did you guys, I, so here's my question. Did you really have any idea that iRacing's doing dirt before April 1st? I had, no, I didn't see this coming is what I'm trying to say. No, I didn't. Like I told you, when I saw it, I just, I rolled my eyes and I was like, oh man, I was like, you guys are not going to do this. This is horrible. This is not a good thing to do to the member base. You know, you're really going to upset people to, to play this game. Right. Yeah, I did not see it coming. Good job. Uh, it was, like you said, great marketing. I think Jack Davidson is uh, one of the marketing guys over there now that's fairly new, and he's been doing a great job with all the videos and stuff, and I'm sure he has a part of this. But uh, really, they did a great job of, kind of, like you said, playing it uh, and uh, kind of drumming up as much in, uh, you know, interest as they possibly could on social media. They did a really good job with Facebook and Twitter and and kind of leaking stuff out as they go until it, it became a full-blown, this is for real, you know. Hey, Mike, with uh, Brad's earlier comment about Rallycross, can we confirm that? Because in the email, it does say, you know, you have your, you have your uh, dirt super late models, a door speedway, Rallycross. Yeah. So I guess we are going to have Rallycross. Yeah, the, the, the CAD car drawing was the Ford Rally car. Yeah, it's the uh, Chip Ganassi racing uh, cars, one on a scan. So are they going to have, like, the Joker and all that, to where you have to take the long route on at least once per race? I don't know. Oh, like, like the I Red said, Bull series? Yeah, that, yeah it, that's what I was saying. I mean, that opens up a huge market. I mean, that that series has gotten extremely popular around the world. Yeah, that, a lot of young people like that. That's interesting because you can do a race uh, that will go from an asphalt to a dirt road. Oh, See, I'd be, I'd be more, I'd be more excited to try that as opposed to dirt oval. Oh, well, without yeah. a doubt. And when you guys say the word rally, I think of like global rally, you know, F one kind of stuff, where they, you know, go f from down a dirt road, you know, across the country kind of thing. It's not an oval or point a, to point. yeah, point to point. Oh no, Rallycross uh, is crazy, and it's actually, you think some of the NASCAR races at short tracks are dirty, you should see how these guys race, they're just running into each other, constantly. You know, speaking of which, that would require new hardware, that would mean, this would require handbrakes. Well, you're the one that's got all the money, so you can buy around for everybody. Snap <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. another button. Uh, not rich, now yeah, button, that's what I'll be mapping. All right. So dirt is confirmed. Uh, let's move on, and we've got a couple more things, and we'll wrap up here. Video showcase this week. 
We really didn't have anybody uh, contact us with a video showcase, so I'm going to tell you about a couple YouTube channels where you can watch Tafosi Racing actually race. Uh, a couple of our teammates do uh, put up their races. One of them is Brian Cozier, C-O-S-I-E-R. If you uh, YouTube him, you will get his events, and you can watch us race and listen to us on TeamSpeak. Uh Carlos, you have your channel as well, and you also put up the races sometimes. Yep. Especially and that's Chewy Side, Simside Chewy, what is it? Chewy Side 55? Yeah, you can get there either way. Let's okay. Racing Chewy Side or the other one. There you go. And Brian Cozier. So check those out. Uh, we have one hardware topic, and that's the uh, Simu Cube. And I think we talked about this briefly before, but I wanted to. You know, bring this up again. Uh, they're on Indiegogo raising money. They've raised $81,000 of a $25,000 goal, so they're way over. And basically what they're selling here for $400 is uh, a kind of do-it-yourself wheel setup where they give you the electronics, all in a box, all put together, ready to go. The actual motor for the wheel, the power supply, and other pieces you need to put this together. I think it's everything but the wheel. Oh, and uh, what it is, that's a steal. As long as you know what you're doing, you know, able to build this stuff yourself. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, based on the amount of money they've raised... If you divide it out, that's 200 people that have invested in this thing. So we got 200 iRacers out here that have bought into this. So I'm kind of anxious to see this thing actually deliver, see what people say about it. Um, this is really the next wheel on the horizon uh, that I've seen out there that's going to be new uh, to the community. So check it out. It's called SimUCube, S-I-M-U cube all one word and uh you might want to get involved in that yeah direct drive has really gotten very popular and if you can get it to where it's it's affordable it's a it's a good way to go that's i'm definitely looking at that when it comes time to to look at a new wheel oh yeah the price is definitely uh at 400 plus shipping you know that's attractive you know especially given that most other ones that are the same way are in the thousands yeah, two thousand for an AccuForce. Okay, so yeah, and you compare that to this four hundred dollars. Well, yeah, you might have to spend another four hundred to get a nice Momo wheel with a switch on it or something. But that's what I want. You know, at the end of the day, I want a NASCAR wheel. You know, like yeah, you a, a real NASCAR own, wheel. Know? Yeah, or you could put up, you know, whatever you want. If you want an F one wheel or whatever. Um. Very cool. So anyway, I'm, I've been watching that. And so with that, let's go into final thoughts. Uh, Carlos, you're up first. Crap. Final thoughts on what? On the podcast, uh, Texas. Oh, besides uh, everything else that's happened this week, uh, I'll go ahead and uh, be ready here for Texas because it's one of my best tracks and I'm hopefully going to try to get a win. Yep. Try to. Well, we're we're looking forward to that. Jeff, what do you got? 
finally dirt comes to eye racing. That's all it needs to be said. Yeah. Uh, Brad. Uh, looking forward to, to Texas. Uh, hope uh, somebody on the team's got some help to set up because I'm struggling. But, uh, never been good at the quad ovals per se, but uh, just looking forward to another week. And uh, yeah, dirt's coming. Just uh, we'll see what year it gets here. <laughs> okay, Jose, final thoughts. Uh, well, like Brad said, we do have to start our work on our setups here. But uh, my final thought is, yeah. Looking forward to the uh, dirt confirm. Hopefully, they will include ra rally course racing. Um, it'll be interesting if they include going from asphalt to dirt and back to asphalt. Um, that is, that, like I said, very, very interesting. Um, other than that, looking forward to Texas. Hopefully, uh, we all can do well there without getting involved in anybody's wrecks or getting involved in any wrecks ourselves. And I wish everybody the best of luck for the rest of the week. Yep. And... Uh I guess for my my final thoughts, uh, you should probably have a picture. You guys have probably seen it. It looks like a clock, but it's the eye racing guy, and it has his hands, and all all around the clock, instead of numbers, it just says soon, soon, soon. Well, like Brad alluded to, dirt racing is very exciting. We're all happy they're actually working on it, but don't expect it anytime soon. I. I would, like Brad said, would not expect to see it in 2016 at all. I'm not even going to consider it in 2016 because we know how iRacing moves. We know how long DX11 took. We knew we know how long dynamic t tracks took. This is going to be the same way, if not longer. So you really need to set your expectations as far as this goes and, and wait for it. So uh, with that being said, make sure to follow us on Twitter uh, iRacers Lounge. Uh, you can also follow our team at Tafosi Racing. We're really active over there now, so uh, check it out and you can keep up with us. So, with that being said, we'll wrap it here. See ya. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast has been brought to you by Sim Racing Juvieside. For all your track guides and everything else, Sim Racing, visit Sim Racing Juvieside YouTube, Juvieside 55. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us over on iTunes and Stitcher. See you on the track. Yeah.